Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sans Pants Network. Although you see no water for miles around, we are nevertheless marooned, trapped in this nightmare of my homelands a place called Barovia. While my people may come and go as we please, for you these mists are as Vols and the vampire Strad von Zarevich, your warden. But fear not, for Strad's heart may no longer beat, but it is still a good place to stab him. The Vistani here, as you approach, they spot you, and a big cry goes through, Hector! Hector! <laughs> they bring you in. They love you. <laughs> There's you can smell something pleasant is cooking. Ugh. They give you a an old fashioned hunk a drumstick, massive yeah. drumstick of something, mm, that rolls. and a flagon of ale. Oh, thank you so much. You are so very kind. A pleasure, a pleasure. Mm. Um, the Vistani part and Jackson is mm. standing there. Welcome, welcome, friend. Oh, thank you very much. I did not expect you to. Uh... Well, to meet you again so soon. We were going to head on to, well, not to the village of Barovia, but we have just outside a place that we like to camp. We typically do not go into Barovia anymore. The village is simply too dangerous. But, well, we like to travel the area. We are the sort who prefer to be moving rather than staying. But... We have stayed here for a few days, longer than we would normally. Madam Eva said that you were to arrive. She was not wrong. You have completed the first leg of your journey, yes? Uh, I would assume so, yes. yes. I find the first leg to always be the longest. Mm. But you are alone. If anything, you have lost companions <laughs> since we last met. <laughs> uh, they are... Uh, uh... Yes, they're all How dead. to phrase How this? How to phrase this? <laughs> <laughs> they were annoying. <laughs> they're all uh, a bunch of cuts. They all uh, had it up the here. Uh, uh, in a in a way, yes, but uh, in a way, no. Um, they are off doing certain other things. They figured uh, while uh, best to tackle the approach from several different fronts. Ah, yes, yes. Well, please. Come, come, sit by the fire before you speak with Madame Eva. I assume that is what you are here for. Well, I mean, it's always lovely to have a chat with her, but honestly, it was always just as nice to talk to you. Of course, of course, sit. Do you remember the custom, he says, as everyone else begins sitting down around the fire with food and drink? 
I uh, I have a think. Uh, a, sto- a, a story, yes. Story All the Pakistani begin clapping. <laughs> yes. It is story time. Right. Um, Would you like to start <clears throat> us, our guest? I'm going to tell you a story of. Oh, how do I try and what am I? Do I want to use this as a opportunity to learn about Pip? <laughs> in a in a kind of a weird weavy way to be like, ooh, I would like to tell a story, but I think I need some help, perhaps filling in uh, some of the blanks of where it might be to go. You see, I I am a sucker for a. Almost a redemption arc, <laughs> if you will. You know, a, a a certain person who has maybe promised to do something heroic, but they fail, and they don't quite uh, get it, uh, what they're after. So he becomes a bit of a pariah. He becomes almost loathed by the town. And some of his friends even uh, um, <laughs> start taking a, a dislike. Myself included. Well, we're talking about it. Real son of a bitch, actually. Real, real <laughs> kind of really of, fucking hate him. That's uh, a garbage. So I, I guess I apologize if I'm, I'm not coming in a bit of a full story, but um, perhaps uh, you might be able to help me with this one. So we begin on a dark and gloomy night. A mage. A wizard, a magician, if you will, has promised to free a small little hamlet from this ogre tyrant. But he cannot do it alone. And so he, of course, he gets some great help. He gets a lovely, uh, an elven archer who promises that when the time is right, she will fire her bow and it will ring through. She gets, the magician gets a... Dwarven bruiser, someone very good at being able to um, sweep the legs. And he says, I promise when the time is right, I will be right there. I will take out the, the ogre tyrant's knees. And then he also gets a tiefling, a, a, a druid, uh, a being that can transform into many crazy things. And he says to the this magician, that I will be there for you and don't worry, when the time is right, I will transform into the direst bear you've ever seen. And so uh, the magician gets his crew together as it were, and then when the time comes to march upon the the ogre's uh, castle, cave, the (laughs) ogre's cave, um, the ogre comes out and demoralizes everybody. The magician stands ready Flames pouring out of his, his fingertips, and he goes to throw it, and he's waiting for an arrow that does not come, and he's waiting for a, a dwarven legs to come from the side to to kick out some knees that they just never appear, but it is he knows, and he'll hear the roar of a of a direst bear, but that too does not come, and so the ogre laughs in his face grabs the magician, hurls him far away. That is where I need to leave the story because I don't know how to finish it. Jackson leans in and says, It is a very good story. All the Vistani look around and they nod. You can see they've got wiry smiles. They kind of know what's going on. (laughs) Jackson says, But unfortunately, 
It is your story to tell. You must decide what happens to the... What did you say? Magician? Yes, the magician, the archer, the bruiser, and the bear. It is for you to decide. Instead, hmm. let me tell you the greatest of all stories. A riddle. All of the Vistani <laughs> clap in their relationship. <laughs> Come on. Four men sit down to play. They play all night till break of day. They play for money, not for fun. So tell me how each person won. Uh, so they so each each played for money, and they had a... So the Vistani are kind of like looking right. among themselves, conversing. Jackson sits back and looks really satisfied with himself in that way that Jackson always looks satisfied with himself. <laughs> Jackson's doing it right now. Mm, it is a good look. Uh, uh, so it was four of them, yes. So they weren't playing a game of um, cards. They or, play for money, not for fun. Mm-hmm. But how can all of them win? I mean, if you play for cards, it's usually just one person winning, unless they all checked out very early, which I don't think happened. <laughs> so Jackson nods. He's got like a little bit of a he. Uh, what you're saying, he's got like a really kind mm-hmm. of like self satisfied. Right, all right. So we're taking off gambling. Can't be gambling. It can't be gambling. Play. What else do you play? Do you play? Play. You play. I look around. Is there any instruments? That's yeah, this is all over the place. This place <laughs> yeah. is littered with instruments. <laughs> I. Grab something like a mm-hmm. like either a string something and like and you and you play with your bandmates and I just kind of strum a guitar. Ah, yes, yes. Twas music they played. Each band member was paid. The Vistani all like give a little clap at the riddle. They think it was quite clever. You assume they've heard it before. Though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> He's just got one. He's got one riddle. He's got one riddle, but he loves it. It's good. Mm. <laughs> Jackson mm-hmm. reaches into his jacket and pulls out a feather for you. He hands it to you. Oh, uh, uh, thank you very, very it's much. It's a, a white feather, perhaps a dove's feather. You're mm-hmm. not sure. Is it, uh, is it for, for writing? or You could use it for writing, perhaps. You could keep it somewhere away and never look upon it. You could keep it somewhere close and look upon it uh, each morning. Or you could sell it to a trader as a trinket. Huh. Whatever you do... It says a lot about you. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Um, I sort of tuck it, like weave it uh, sort of behind my ear uh, yeah. using like, uh, I've got longish hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sort of like weave it through there. Be like, thank you very much. Right. At about that. this point, everyone's finished their food and drink. You get up and head over to Madame Eva. Right. Yes, that's why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like sit down. Mm. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. Meanwhile, <laughs> what would you like to be doing with a go-gash? Well, how long do we give, how, like... Can we look down the road and see as he turns up? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could. He's gone to the Vistani. He's not going into Valakai. So. Well, we could just go into Valakai on our own. Uh, yeah, I mean, as long as we're not together, I guess that's good. All right. What should I expect? Everybody keeps thinking I'm an expert on Valakai. It's the largest city. No, I mean, in how will they, will they treat you as an unpleasant sort, or will they... Raise pitchforks and torches <laughs> at sight of you. It's probably not going to be a pitchfork situation, not for everyone, but maybe for some people. I'd all right, say. all right. Yeah, we have to be kind of a case by case basis, really. Perhaps, <sighs> maybe it would be even clever if we, if I hid you. How? How? He do gestures propose... to the wagon, uh, to the little cart oh. that you've got. 
Perhaps if we put a blanket or some tenting over you. I like give it like a little kind of like resigned nod. Yes, perhaps that would be best. I like climb in like just the biggest <laughs> frown on my face and pull a blanket over my head. What should I say I'm here for? Just say you're a traveler. You're here to trade. Don't say you're here to trade because they might look at me. <laughs> say, you're, say, you're looking, say you're looking for work. All right. Ogogash trundles up <laughs> towards the gates. One of the guards on the gates calls out, Ho, who goes there? I am Agogash, the mighty. I am here for... Tr- uh, I am here as a traveler. You're here as a traveler. Oh, yes, fine. Yes, yes, yes. All right, then. Let him in. You hear the gate opening. <laughs> Agogash enters. What sort of traveler's got a wagon like that, huh? Eyes are Lowe's. Should have heard you were here for work. <laughs> Lowe's. Um, it is... Uh, Merely my equipment. I am from lands far from here. Don't say it's your equipment. You would not know it. (laughs) Oh, yes, make the equipment incredibly enticing, why don't you? Huh. Uh, All right, then. Uh, We'll just have a look. You hear people stepping up towards the wagon. No, I don't think that would be necessary. (laughs) What? A hand? Grabs the tent. Oh, get out of like a little big yawn like I was asleep. <laughs> it's better for them to not think I was hiding from them, you know? Sure, sure. Oh, what a wonderful morning it is. Isn't that not right, Agogash, my friend, for tra- for travelers? Ah, Agogash <laughs> says, a stowaway. <laughs> <laughs> my hand just into my hands. No, well, a, st- a stowaway and a friend. <laughs> Put a hand on his shoulder. <laughs> The town guard that you were looking at takes off his helmet and scratches his face. Hi, Zolos. Hi's. All right, and who are you? I'm, uh, Ted. All right, then, Ted, what are you on here for? I'm just like my friend Agogash. We're travelers. We're just traveling through. You came from the same place, did you? Yes, we both came from Kresok. Oh, okay, then. Well, on your gut. (laughs) (laughs) The guards look at each other like you're fucking weird. And then they go back to their stations. <laughs> I like flump down into the back into the wagon. I said, said you were here, said to come here for work. Go you said a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I did. But we made it through alive, so thank goodness for that. I'll direct you to the Blue Water Inn. All right, are you hiding mm. again? How recognizable on sight am I going to be? Well, not everyone is yeah. going to know you. In Valakai, there is a chance that people mm, will recognize mm. you. But some people associated with what you did are a yeah, lot more likely. Yeah. Like the Blue Water Inn, they're a lot more likely to know who you uh, are. Yeah, actually, I'll, yeah, you know what? I'll go back down onto the blanket. All right. <laughs> Trundle towards the Blue Water Inn. Mm-hmm. A Gogash kind of parks out the front. He leans over and whispers into the wagon, I will go in and yeah. book us a room, perhaps? Well, you, you do that. Just book a room for you and Hector. I think it's probably not super necessary for me to go into the inn. All right. I, I don't think I'll be... You can hear yeah. music coming from the inn. Would you like me to stable this? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's all. The all right, then. I will go and get stabling for this mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So at least you'll have cover from the rain. And yeah. Yeah. He leaves. <laughs> oh, he just thinks you're going to sleep in the stable. You might just sleep in the stable. <laughs> Just staring. Chaucer pipes up. <laughs> oh, sorry. I guess I'm lying on your head, aren't I? No. <laughs> I like swivel onto the side. Maybe take him out of the backpack and put him next to me. So do they know you here? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Something like that, Chaucer. I kind of got a little bit of... What do you say? Um, 
an inkling that people were mad at you, but I didn't realize it extended so far. <laughs> uh, excuse me. I I simply don't know the commonness of different... I've just lived my in entire tower life in one room. Life, yes. yeah. So is this like an aura that you project? <laughs> no. Or have you wronged these Not people? Not really. Um, about a year ago, Chaucer, I made a pretty big mistake, and I'm sort of still suffering the consequences of it. Um, and the mistake was so big that it affected a great many people. So everybody affected by that mistake still holds a grudge. And it was one of those mistakes with a lot of mm. far-reaching consequences. And that's why I'm yeah. lying in a wagon uh, under a blanket. I hope you don't mind terribly if tonight I sleep inside. <laughs> <laughs> with a go I haven't anything against sleeping in a, a, a stable with mm. you, but I do feel the cold a little bit. Yes. And it is less interesting. No. Not to say that you're not interesting or that a Gogash is. Just, I mean... I, 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 I put a finger up against his porcelain lips. I get it. When a Gogash comes back, I'll tell him to take you inside. Thank you, he says. So, somewhere here we shall find, though, a permanent home for me. Well, apparently. Chaucer gets a little upset at you, yeah. but when he turns away, he you can see him kind of like, like psyching himself up, like... Yeah. I I know a great deal in many things. I would be a good teacher. I, 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 an incredible companion. I'd like to roll around on my side, put one ear, one hand over one ear, and then one hand over the other ear, and try to get some sleep. Not listening to his ramblings. At a certain point, a yeah. gogash returns and then moves the wagon into the stables. I don't know if I said this before, but you can hear from the tavern, you can hear the sounds of music and a lot of people all singing together. Mm, staring, like lying on my back, staring just into the blanket on my face, muttering to myself, oh, what a good situation. You've found yourself in here, Pip. Well done. Really knocking it out of the park on this one. In a wagon, in the cold, everyone's inside. Very smart, very clever. A gogash makes sure that you have all the blankets and anything that you can to be mm-hmm. comfortable. He makes sure that you... He probably also, at a certain point... Oh, he takes Chaucer. Oh, yeah. You tell oh, him. Yeah, I yeah. yeah. He takes Chaucer inside, and when he steps inside with Chaucer, you hear the entire tavern erupt <laughs> with cheers. Uh, and then a few moments later, you hear Chaucer's voice joining the singing. <laughs> <laughs> Very clever, Pip. Any guy who comes into your camp with a nice smile and some... <laughs> Some big ideas. Oh, well, let's just see where this goes. I'm sure it could be helpful. Look at you now. Look at you now, Pip. At a certain point, a Gogash comes out and he tucks underneath the, the, the tarpaulin for mm. you a hot meal and some ale. Much obliged, a Gogash. Not to worry. And he pats you like <laughs> you were a dog over the tarpaulin. And then he walks back inside. Feels good, doesn't it, Pip? <laughs> Eating the meat under the, the hot meal underneath the blanket. Mm. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile. <laughs> oh, I, fuck. As you walk up to Madame Eva's carriage, mm. Hector, it starts raining and you look as, as a wagon pulled by a gogash trundles towards the gates. A Gogash briefly looks your way, but makes a point of not mm. engaging you. Yep. Um, all right. I'm like, oh, um, I, I guess I ascertain that 
Um, yeah. Pip is in the back. Oh, that was clever. They've surely got this. I, nothing bad could happen yeah. there. Everything's going to go well. I, I think to myself, oh, that! what a brilliant idea <laughs> that uh, both of them have come up with. Mm-hmm. A great way. Yeah, that makes sense. Really wish clever guy. Yeah, <laughs> wish them the luck because they've got this. I uh, yeah, head towards um, right. Madame Eva's. You tent. open the door as previous. There is it. It's heavily perfumed in here. You can see a ornate wooden table with a crystal orb atop it, and Madame Eva, in all of the splendor that she was previously, is haunched over it with her bony, crooked fingers wrapped around the orb. She doesn't acknowledge you as you enter, but as you close the door, she says in her willowy voice. Yes, Hector the Brave, the Beautiful, the Dragon Slayer. Please be seated. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I um I have a seat. I like I oh brave is nice. Oh yep, beautiful. The beautiful there it is. Damn, it's back. Yep. All right, have a seat. All right. <clears throat> ah, the follies of youth. I say to basically no one. <clears throat> you have come for another reading. Yes, in, I guess. I have a, a a question though. Please. She gestures with her hand. The light. Where is it? Do you know? The light can be found wherever you search. It is within you, Hector, of you. But you must be careful, wary, not of the light's intention, but of the light's ability. For though you can see light anywhere here, Hector, you are seeing only your own. Right. Head to St. Andrew's Church. There you will be able to find more. Thank you. Thank you. She nods. Got to put my hand on her hand as she like to thank you. But, oh, thank you. It's an unpleasant sensation. Yeah. I can imagine. It's papery. Uh, yeah, it's like a glove filled with bones. <laughs> Ew. That's gross. Yucko. Mm. <laughs> mm. 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 Thank you so much. I almost go to leave, and then I remember. <laughs> right, um, you, yes, you, you, have, um, you have a vision. She or... waves a hand over the crystal ball, and those figures begin to kind of fade in, the shadowy silhouettes. You can see now even more vibrantly than when she introduced them to you. You can now, the people that you've met 
are now actually visible. You can see their faces mm. in the crystal ball. You see a Gogash the Mighty, Esmeralda, Gorob, and Lushan. Now that you've met them and now that they're clearer, you can see that in the... Previously, you thought it was two people standing very close to each other, but now mm. you can see it is clearly one person. <laughs> <laughs> and you see as well Piran. Four more people, while you can still only see silhouettes, they become slightly more more visible you can Mm. their silhouettes are less blurred now you can see their vague outlines two of them are short so maybe about the height of a toddler or rather a halfling yeah a halfling (laughs) or a gnome Mm -hmm. you highly Mm -hmm. doubt you're about to be told ah the toddler (laughs) a very powerful car (laughs) (laughs) um but two of them are roughly human sized Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Then she begins flipping cards. The first card is the entertainer. You see, like a jester, they have several balls that they're juggling, and with one of their feet, they're kind of kicking, you know the little pins that they also oh, juggle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can see that they're kicking the pins into the air, and a automatic piano is playing behind them. As the card is flipped, you can see that the balls and the pins are like in motion in the air, and the piano is kind of almost like a cartoon playing itself, like the entire thing is moving, uh, and the keys are running up and down. The entertainer. She smiles. She It's a massive cracked grin, but genuine pleasure. What a pleasant little fellow. <laughs> I hope he finishes his song. I see them singing and dancing. You will find them where deep water turns to beer. In a pub. All right. <laughs> She flips the next card, and you can see it is uh, the words are mother and child. And you see a a woman who is holding a uh, a baby to herself. She is a toddler. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> she is surrounded with images of nature, like trees and bushes, and a deer. You can see peering, almost as if it's like trying to trying to see past the trees and bushes. Mother and child is a god of the past. And the future mother represents the past, what has come before. And child represents the future, what shall come to pass. A good past should nurture a healthy future. Well, that can't be, Pip. (laughs) (laughs) They are hidden. I see why. Evil forces hunt them. Eyes scour the land searching, but they cannot bear to be away from their family. Somewhere in the forests nearby, they camp. She gestures around like she means the forests around here. Okay. She flips the next card. This one says, the Archmage. (laughs) You see... You see on a, like a cliff face, like a jutting out, like pride rock from the Lion King, Mm -hmm. the archetypical wizard. He's got massive purple billowy robes, the big purple hat. All of them have stars and moons on them. His hands are outstretched and his gnarled wizened hands, similar to Madam Eva's hands, actually, stretch out before him. You can see lightning crackles from his fingers and his lips move as if he's casting a spell. Power, unchained. The Archmage 
embodiment of intellect or wisdom. But look at how high they sit. It is the highest of us who fall the furthest. Wounded, he bides his time. I see wilderness and a great body of water. He faces it from the north. And then the final card flips. This one says Crusader and Grail. You see a knight astride a horse. Both of them look angelic and beautiful. It's as, you. <laughs> it's me. That's me. As the card shifts, you can see that the horse has wings. They spread out. And you realize that the figure is actually, you thought it was a blow shot of the figure going over you. But you realize they're actually riding, sailing through the air. The figure holds the sword out. And you can see you through their helmet, you only see their eyes. But their eyes are determined and focused. They look like they are on a holy mission. The Crusader lives for their religion, but for the Grail, the Crusader will die. The Grail will be immensely helpful on your journey, but the Crusader guards it carefully. I see angels and saints. They stare down upon them with kind eyes, but stony expressions. They stand on holy ground. Madam Eva leans back in her chair, and you can see the effort of this reading has exhausted her. Thank you. Very she much. nods. Good luck, Hector. I wish you a speedy journey. Where will I meet you again? She takes a deep breath. I see. Your future tells me we will meet again very soon. We will stay here for a few days more. Perhaps by then. I will have recovered. Okay. Will you rest up? She nods. I get up to leave. You head out, and where do you want to go next? Hmm. Well, it's mother and child. <laughs> when she, when uh, Madam Eva mentioned the forest, was mm. it like where the camp was? As in like where the, this, um, so, because their, their procession is not with that Vistani and Dusk Elves, Yeah. No, that's a separate group. That's yeah. a separate group. And is like, will the wilderness, was that referring to the forest around here? Or was that referring to maybe... She gestured in a very broad thing. Like she kind of meant just around this mm-hmm. area. But if you gaze around, you're in a valley right now. Yeah. Valakai is in the deepest, the lowest part of Barovia. Beyond just a valley, it is also very, very sparse with trees. You have left the Svalich woods for the mm-hmm. most part. But... As you look around, you can see that there is... The trees are the thickest near that encampment. I, like, look over to Valakai, look at the encampment. Oh, they've got it covered. I'll head to the (laughs) encampment. The woods part to reveal an expansive clearing, a small, grass-covered hill with low houses built into its sides. Fog obscures the details, but you can see that these buildings feature elegantly carved woodwork and have decorative lanterns hanging from their sculptured eaves. Atop the hill, above the fog, is a ring of barrel-topped wagons and tents that surround... Obviously, the tents are not also (laughs) 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 barrel-topped. But you can see wagons and tents that surround a large tent with a column of smoke pouring out through through a hole in Mm -hmm. the top. 
The tent is brightly lit from within. Even at this distance, you can smell the odors of wine and horses that emanate from this central area. Head over. Is there like an entrance-ish kind of way, or is it all just like a major? It's just open. Yeah, there's no there's no entrance per se. There is a road, I suppose, like a little trail that right. leads up the hill. I'll, I'll take the the trail. You can see that this place is predominantly this community is predominantly two different peoples. It is the Vistani, mm-hmm. who you recognize as being very colorful in their clothing. They seem to be in good spirits compared to a lot of other native Barovians that you've met. Mm-hmm. They're walking around just doing their own business. Some of them maybe like nod or pleasantly smile at you. And sometimes it feels genuine. Sometimes it feels like it betrays some other intent, mm. but they're, they're doing their own thing for the most part. None of them bother okay. you. I try and act as, like, you know, um, surreptitiously as possible, but sure. I guess it's hard to you, do yeah, that. You don't need to stand out. Yeah. You stand out. Yeah. Purple skin. Purple skin, eyes glow. It's yeah, one yeah. of the things. Aside from that, you spot, presumably, dusk elves. Mm. As Pip mentioned, they do bear a striking resemblance to drow, but you can see they are quite obviously, while it is not truly, it's always overcast in Barovia, mm. so there's no, like, sun that's shining down on anything. But even just being outside is enough for Drow to be like, ah, that fucking sun. (laughs) So that these, uh, and even in these conditions, you imagine that these Dusk Elves do not share the Drow's complete aversion to sunlight. Mm -hmm. Also, they are not as deep in color. You see that they are more ashen in color for the most part. Mm. Additionally... As they're walking around, you spot or you register that there are only male dusk elves. You don't see a single female dusk elf. Interesting. Uh, is it any young? No, dusk no elves? children either. So it was just um, male dusk elves. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, well, I'll sort of like wander around to see if there's anything like if anyone is there like uh, like almost like a market as it were or a store or something you can buy some things at. You get to the wagons up the top, but you don't see anything other than the buildings, the wagons, and the tents. There doesn't appear to be anything set up like mm-hmm. that. Like, is there is there a place, yeah, like to to buy a drink or to like eat or something along those lines? Somewhere communal, kind of. Yeah, yes. oh, yeah. If you get to the center, there is a communal okay. space, and there is like a a fire pit and some food and some drink and stuff like that. But as you enter there, this area here is there's no dusk elves. There's only Vistani. And while they don't stop you or anything like that, they they look at you like you're quite clearly. They're like, "This is a private event." Oh, if I if I I would never. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would I would never. Uh, um, if I'm getting the vibe, I'm not going to sit down and, and sort of drink like that. I'm just kind of either basically what I'd like to do is is go somewhere where I can either have a drink and basically like going to a barkeep and hitting sure. that um heard any rumors button. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You. This does not seem like that. This seems kind of like a more permanent version of Madame Eva's procession. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, there's wagons here, but the tents look more permanent in nature. Mm-hmm. This tent- does not have the vibe of, like, you're going to find a storefront here. Yeah. Okay. This is like a an insular community sort of thing. Yeah, right. As you walk out, maybe one of the dusk elves sees that you're kind of just walking around. He strides over to you. Can I help you? I was looking for a, a place to uh, uh, drink, and yeah, I, I guess I've, I've never seen anything quite like this before. That kind of gesture. I'm new. Um. Oh well, this is a camp of sorts. 
I suppose you there's nothing stopping you from staying here, but I would not linger for long if I were you. It's This is a place of tragedy as much as any place around here could be. I feel like you might be more comfortable within Valakai unless you have specific business with someone here. Uh, I am looking for somebody, a mother and, and um, a child. The Dusk Elf's face becomes very stony and a bit distant. I don't know if you'll find any such here. Oh. Why are you looking for a woman and child? Um, I believe they can help me with something. Uh, I've, I've been told that um, it might be high. His stony expression, you can see it's a shield of pain, but beneath that, you can see that when you said a mother and child, mm. it like sparked something in him, a, a spark of recognition. Look, I, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a former life of mine, you know, I used to be, a, a, I guess, a, a holy man, um, a priest. Uh, anything you want to get off your, your chest, you seem pained, and I, I you, you seem a great very, tragedy very has befallen my people. He says, yeah. about a year ago. Never I, good to hear. <laughs> it's like a, uh, <laughs> I assume you are aware of the devil. He pauses for a second and you realize he was going to say Strahd, but then he stops himself. And like a mental tick, he, he, like his, he wanted to, but then mm. he doesn't. And instead he says the, the, the beast that I, lives in. The, I, yeah, I do the gesture. I bite like. He yeah. does the same. And he says, Strahd. Um, yes, uh, apparently he is my up- jailer. Yes, yes. Well, about a year ago, there was an uprising of sorts. Um, uh, Led, uh, well, it's not important, but... Uh, There was a a mage, correct? Yes, a mage. um, I've heard about this mage. Unfortunate. Yes, Yes, and their their friend. And... (laughs) I don't want to like lead on because like it seems like like like, like and their je- your friend. Anyway, mm. uh, the mage he came to us with his um general, and they pled their case. Our people, we are not we are f- of the Fey. This is he gestures. This is as far from the Fey wild as one can be. Mm. Our people struggle here to meek out an existence even more so than the Barovians. It's a place devoid of joy and hope. And he gave us, they gave us hope for something better, for the death of Strahd. He does the gesture. I copy. Um, for, the, for his death and for our release from this place. And our people rose with them and we were put down brutally. Strahd, I shudder to remember what he did to Barovia, but to my people here, he he decided that we would end. And he did not want to make it fast. He wanted to extend our suffering as much as possible. So he killed every woman he could. And now we are what we are, destined to die out. I am so sorry for your loss. He nods. Please... Come back to mine. Uh, you you want food and drink. You would be so as um, hospital. I would appreciate that. He Thank takes you, you back to one of the buildings, the little dwellings inside. He opens the door and you step inside. There's a few other people living here. You get the impression that they mm. live kind of communally. Yeah. Right. Uh, you can see, though, that that was not 
mm. always the case. You can see that they mm. used to be this used to be a family's home, but mm. now it is mm. just a shared home with a bunch of people. Yeah. It you get the immediate impression, actually maybe they even just tell you that as a community once this tragedy befell them, they decided that they would not die alone and so they made a commitment that they would kind of share houses like this. Right. I I I have no words. Sorry, I'm 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 Hector. My name is uh, Marquillet. I have only been in Barovia now for probably a couple of weeks, maybe less. I've been informed that um, the reason I am here and the reason I am trapped here is because of the. I do the gesture. Mm, he copies you. Everyone, if when you say, mm. not everyone realizes you're about to say Strahd, but when you say Strahd, everyone in the house does the little gesture. Mm. I guess I'm of the, I guess, where you were a year ago. If someone come came to me and offered me freedom, I would have signed up in a heartbeat. And I still want to do that. I still want to get out of here. I am going to get out of here. Marquilla nods like, like he's heard this before. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Pip, you're underneath a blanket, underneath the tarpaulin in the wagon. You hear... Some scuffling noises, and you hear someone say, Get your hands off me! I'd like to, like, flip around onto the blanket and then crawl to the edge of the wagon and lift up the top hole and have a little peep outside. You can see a a man is being grabbed by two other people. These two other people... Yeah, you rolled high enough. Yeah. These two other people have just glassy, blank expressions, and they're quite clearly trying to grab and then capture this person what's the person look like he looks like a native barovian <laughs> what are you doing uh, fuck. all right i'll whip my crossbow out and i'll fire two bolts just into their legs just to try and stop them from attacking this man is this clever <laughs> <laughs> assault yeah sure <laughs> you tear one of their legs off he falls over. Uh, the whoops. other one gets shot in the leg, yeah. still with that blank expression like nothing's happening. Mm. They look at you, then turn around and run. Okay. The I'm man... hopping, I guess. <laughs> uh, thank you. Yeah, that's fine. Highs alert. Highs. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. What do you... What... what? They, were, they looked enchanted. They were enchanted. Right? I do not know. I... I, he looks at the guy whose leg you destroyed. <laughs> I, I hope thought, they were enchanted. This, this man, we work together. I, I do not understand what is happening. He staggers a little bit. You could tell that he's a bit drunk. Uh, 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 I'll, like, look around and slide out of the wagon. You're at the back of yeah. the Blue Water Inn. So what happened? They just jumped you? They just leapt out of nowhere and attacked you? We were to drinking take you away? together. We had finished work. We were drinking together and... They, everything seemed normal, and then when we stepped out into the back here, they just changed. They attacked me. I don't I, know what yeah, was happening. I, uh, I don't know either, pal. I mean, it looked like they were enchanted in some capacity. They had the glassy fish expression of somebody under some kind of magical spell. Uh, but otherwise, I don't, would they know any sorcerers or something? I'm going to fetch the guards, he uh, says. Be, uh, can you do me a favor uh, for yes. saving your life feasibly? Just don't mention that I was here. How does that sound? Who are you? My name's Ted. <laughs> he nods slowly. He is just not going to question it further than that. All right, I he give looks- him two thumbs up, and then I'm like, I probably can't even stay in the wagon, and I might mm. just kind of steal off into the night. All right, where do yeah. you want to head? Is the person whose leg just shot? Are they dead, or are they bleeded out? 
I don't know. You were track? Oh, are they lying on the ground? I thought they hopped away. No. <laughs> no, that, the other person ran away. Yeah, I'll go check. Uh, just give me a second. Do you want to save this person's life? Yeah, they're just a guy. Well, you fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> they die. Oh. That's a shame. You d- did, you, did you know this one well? Yes, his name was Carl. Oh, well, uh... I apologize. I did. I, 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 we were in together. trouble. So I, no, I, I, I mean, I knew him, but I didn't. I don't know. This was the first time we have interacted outside of work. He yeah. just wanted to. In, he, they invited me to. I'm going to get the guards. He yeah. Says. All right. You do that. I wasn't here. Uh, best of luck. Sorry about Carl. <laughs> he nods. He he wanders away. Not uh, wanders. He probably runs. All right. Yeah, All right, do you want me to tell you about what you know? Yeah, tell me what I know in Valakai. There's the town square. Best Perfect. place for me to go. Perfect hiding toys. place. Uh-huh. There's the, you're at the Blue Water Inn. Yeah. I suppose you could try to hide there. There's Watcher House, which is where the second most powerful person in Valakai lives, and the Burgermaster's Mansion, which is where uh, the Burgermaster lives. I don't lives. want to go to either of them. There's also the St. Andrew's Church. Mm. There's a few shops and there's St. Andrew's Orphanage. Um, Do you want to know the shops? I don't know if that'll help you. No, you know what? I'm going to like flip up my like a hood mm-hmm. over my face and steal into the Blue Water Inn, and hopefully I'll get lost in the crowd. Okay. That's it's quite plan. busy tonight, yeah, that's, so that's kind of you my feel like you've got a decent chance of that. Okay. Damp cloaks hang from pegs in the entrance portcolio. The tavern is packed with tables and chairs with narrow paths meandering between them. A bar stretches along one wall under a balcony that can be reached by a wooden staircase that hugs the north wall. Another balcony overhangs an entrance to the east. All windows are fitted with thick shutters and crossbars, which you know is a very classic security measure that a lot of Barovians take. Lanterns hanging above the bar and resting on the tables bathe the room in dull orange light and cast shadows upon the walls most of which are adorned with wolf heads mounted on wooden plaques. Mm. The Blue Water Inn, as always, is... Well, no, this is the busiest you've ever seen the Blue Water Inn, but it is always pleasant in the Blue Water Inn. It's warm and inviting. It feels like like you've stepped out of Barovia for a brief second. Especially lying under a... I imagine I'm wet, so it's nice to be in here. You're a bit sodden as well, so this is quite pleasant. There's a roaring fire. A lot of people are singing and dancing. I would say very easily, especially if you pull a hood up. Yeah. Most native Barovians would recognize you as an adventurer, but they wouldn't recognize you beyond that. Okay, I'll take I've, it. Yeah, I feel like you'd, you'd go pretty well unnoticed. Cool. On one of the tables, everyone's kind of turned towards the center of this room. Mm-hmm. Standing on the table with a lute in his hands, with a kazoo held in his <laughs> mouth by a little metal, like, you know, the classic thing. Yeah, yeah. He's mm-hmm. got in between his legs symbols, which are, uh, <laughs> yeah, symbols, which are classing yeah. together. And then underneath one foot, he has an accordion, which is going up and down. <laughs> a grung is playing a song. In, a grung? Yeah, a grung. <laughs> in between blowing in the, into, in between blowing into the kazoo, that he rolls. begins singing a song. This is a song that I have written. This is a song for you to listen. <laughs> this is the name of the song. My songs begin with their name. 
This is the way I write my songs. What should I write next? (laughs) Pip Pip receives an instant headache. (laughs) Quite the contrary. You are, it is maddeningly catchy. (laughs) This is my song. All of my songs, I the, write the name of. The yeah. actual lyrics themselves yeah. are devastating. <laughs> Mentally, you cannot consider them. Yeah. But the tune and somehow the way he says them yeah. make it pleasant. <laughs> Almost like magic is layered into the music itself. Perhaps there is magic layered into the music. But the ultimate effect, he is a really good performer. You understand? Why well, everyone's looking yeah. at him? Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Everyone's having an absolute blast. Can I see a Gogash and Chaucer? <laughs> yeah, you see a Gogash and Chaucer. Chaucer has a little like mug of water in front of him that he's quite obviously not really drinking from. It's just kind of like a social <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, of course. A Gogash has a big tankard and is throwing it back and forth. The ale sloshing from side to side. Now, Pip, yeah. you could try to go up to the bar and order a drink, but you are aware that the Martikov family, who run the Blue Water Inn, are very well acquainted with you and would very have a very good chance of recognizing you. I'd stay pretty well away from the actual bar. Okay. Um, Maybe even just at, like, the back wall of the inn. Maybe don't even go up to a Gogash and Chaucer. I'm just going to kind of find a little quiet place if I can't quiet not a quiet place but sure. somewhere where there's not so many people and just sit down at one of the circular tables the rain outside begins to get so heavy that you are first off glad that you're inside yeah. but then it becomes to get so heavy that it almost drowns out the music oh wow the little grung man mm-hmm. begins he kind of like the current song that he's playing dies down a little bit and everyone you know yeah claps, cheers, money is thrown at him, and there's a little, like a massive, sorry, did I say little? I meant a massive (laughs) wide-brimmed hat that all the money is being collected into. There's a little pile in in there. That's great. After everyone's died down and after all the money has been thrown forward, he slows down again, and everyone's looking expectantly at him, and then with his free foot, the one that isn't standing on an accordion, he makes like a... <laughs> a rhythm that you can tell is in tune with the rain outside, That's and cool. the entire crowd, <laughs> everyone begins clapping. I'll tap my foot along. Yeah, to yeah, it. yeah. And he begins a new song, just rhythmically pounding. He doesn't play any instrument. He just begins singing. This is my rain song. <laughs> <laughs> the song that I make as I sing to the rain. <laughs> Wouldn't be catchy, but here we are. It's something about it. You could not describe it, but something about it. This song fucking slaps. <laughs> well, yeah, I just sit and, and and listen to this grung sing and try to keep myself mm. as inconspicuous as possible. Sure, no yeah. worries. Grungs are the little frog lads. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good. At the end of this song, everyone's absolutely deafening with their roars of approval yeah, and I'm their thunderous too. clapping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People absolutely loved that he, he used the rain as an instrument, basically. Yeah. He gives a big bow and then begins collecting all of the money that has been thrown at him in the hat. He has to like lift. The, the hat is straining <laughs> under the weight of the coins, and he he bows. People are, people are absolutely devastated that he is finishing his, uh, his routine. His set. Yeah. yeah, but he starts clambering down <laughs> off the table. 
People people are chanting encore, 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 but the grung, little grung, now no longer visible. <laughs> you imagine he He's puts up, up a hand. Yeah, he puts uh, up a hand. No, no, no. And uh. then he wanders over to the table. He sits on one of the little bar stools there, yeah. puts the money down on the table, and orders himself a drink and some food. <laughs> A plate of eggs is brought out for him. <laughs> and a mug of water, which you see the bartender takes a salt shaker and just kind of upends it into the mug. Oh, okay. Does the grung look happy? He looks ecstatic. <laughs> this, actually, he didn't even, when it, actually, you know what? He didn't even order this. He sits down and this is brought to him quite clearly his favorite meal. It's his signature food. Yeah. He begins eating the eggs like a duck. <laughs> just just gulp, swallowing. Gulp, gulp. And he intersperses that with drinks from the How salt How big water. is his head versus the eggs? Yeah, yeah, great question. Uh, his head is big enough to, if he closes his mouth yep. around the egg, yeah. you can see that it has altered the shape of his head. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, I watch with a kind of disgusted fascination <laughs> uh, watching him suck down the eggs. All right. is, is it the kind of thing now where, like, if I moved over to a Gogash and Chaucer... Things are quietening down, yeah. But do I think I would be more noticeable if I did that? Uh, no, actually, probably less. At this point, now that there's a single focus has been... Uh, the single noise has mm. kind of left. No one is leaving just yet, so everyone's turning to have their own conversations. Yeah, okay. And the noise is becoming almost deafening, but really, really hard to distinguish anything through. Cool. Well, then maybe I'll sidle over to Chaucer and Agogash and sit up next to them. Agogash looks a little surprised to see you, but claps a big old meaty hand on your back. I nearly, go to explain nearly, and then... <laughs> nearly killing you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I go to explain and then stop myself and be like... Yeah, yeah, just came inside because it's warmer here. It is good to see you inside. Yeah. You're telling me. I don't know if I should go and order a drink for myself. Agogash puts up a hand. Thank he you, he gets you. up and thank he orders you. you a drink. <laughs> I don't say anything to Chaucer. He was, <laughs> we're, on, we're, we're having a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Chaucer seems more interested in the crowd, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. This is the most people he's ever seen by a lot. And oh, Actually, maybe I do talk to him. I'm like, you could stay here. Yes, um, I don't feel like I would get my proper respect here. Okay. And also, people keep nudging, and I am but uh, I am but plaster. Yeah, that's a good point. If I get nudged and fall... Yeah, that's you pretty much go put, huh? Yes, I don't fancy to find out what life is like is just a mouth. <laughs> yes. Yeah, fair enough. I'm sure you'll find somewhere nicer, probably. Yes. Yep. Meanwhile, <laughs> in the Dusk Elf house. May I ask, what is it that you... Uh, please, do you know... Maybe I met them. Do you... What else do you know about this mother and child? Are um, they Barovian? Well, honestly, I I don't even know if they are a mother and, and child. I do know that they are related. And I do know that they are uh, being hunted by evil forces... And they they are uh, hiding or being hidden, but they do not want to be away from their family. So I, I would assume that they are Barovian, native Barovian. But if I am to believe something, and I do believe this, it, that they will help me in um, at least trying to, to take down, I do the gesture. They all imitate everyone in here. You can see now everyone is listening to you. I do not want to give you any false hope. 
Mark Willett nods. I may know who it is you're looking for. I cannot... We, you mean to face Strahd. Is that what you're saying? Everyone does a little yeah, gesture. Yeah, do the same thing. Yes, I. but I, I don't... I want we to... lost a lot the last time we came to the aid of someone saying that they would s- strike Strahd down. Gesture. Mm-hmm. I do know who it is you speak of, perhaps. But it is very risky. I will take you to them, and you can make your case to them rather than me. It is their risk to bear. We have gestures about the house to everyone else. We have little left to lose. Of course, and I would never ask you to risk what, um, what you have. He nods. He stands up and he says, uh, do you have a cloak? Uh, no, I, I, I do not. He gestures to near the door. There are several cloaks hung on pegs. Grab one. Uh, you'll want to hide yourself. And this, I think it goes without saying that what I am about to show you is not something that you should share. Of course. You both put on cloaks, you throw the hoods over. Got and a cloak. Yes. Yeah, nice. Warm. Add one cloak to inventory. Mm. He takes you out into the wilderness. You move, as you move out, he looks over his shoulder towards the Vistani encampment. He looks back at you, Hector, and he says, beware these Vistani specifically. Some of them are in the employ of Strahd. Yes, I, I think I have, well, not these ones in particular, but um, more of the nature I would broadly beware of anyone that I did not know in this place. Well, um, thank you so much for putting some trust in me. I ha- he looks you up and down and he says, I have the utmost certainty that should you prove to be a spy of Strahd, she will dispatch you like she has the rest. All right. I just like, uh, uh, okay. Well, I do have a. I think I got um, Esmeralda's cloak. She lent me. Oh yeah, you do too. Mm. You're super cozy. Yeah. Oh, if you've got that, then you don't. Yeah, get yeah, it I, yeah. I don't want to do the cloak. Yeah, like what Esmer- the hell? Yeah, yeah, just... <laughs> you getting cloak? Fucking. Yeah. He turns around, yeah. sees you got two cloaks. Wait, none of this. Cloak greedy. Cloak greedy. <laughs> <laughs> you die, Hector. Cloak in the mud glutton. and the rain. Cloak covered in killed. <laughs> covered in your two cloaks. <laughs> yeah, you enjoy your two cloaks. You are. Yes, I I love yes, use Esmeralda's cloak. You mm. you begin traveling, mm-hmm. setting forth into the wilderness. You can see Mark Willett quite purposely takes you down a specific path, mm-hmm. then stops, pulls you aside, and you wait for a moment. You spot a figure has followed you through the forest and is walking kind of stealthily behind you. Mark Willett's just holding you up against a tree and has put a hand over your mouth. Mm-hmm. He whispers to you, do not engage them. Let them think that they've just lost us. I nod without saying anything. The figure walks past, and you see you, underneath their cloak, you see a flash of very colorful clothes, but then they keep going off into the forest. Mm. Mark Willett drags you aside, and then you keep moving in a different direction. The rain has become so heavy that it feels like a hand is pushing you down. Oof. Mm. It's... I... Wrap my uh, cloak a bit tighter. Just ooh, There is... is very little that the cloak could do at this point. You Excellent are news. very thoroughly drenched. <laughs> okay, cool. In a clearing, you spot a tent. You would have not noticed it what for what it was unless you came in it from this specific direction. Mm-hmm. You can see that it is covered in very purposeful 
camouflage from all directions except this one. This one, there is just the slightest opening. And within the opening, you can see a single dusk elf crouched down and doing something in the middle of the tent. As you approach, her eyes dart upwards and you can see that she was stringing a bow. She pulls the bow taut and the arrow is pointed directly at your heart. Mark Quillet puts a hand on your shoulder, steps forward and says, it is okay. He's with me. I just have my hands up. Are you a servant of the Devil Strad? No, no, not, no. She slowly rises to her feet and steps out of the tent, still holding the bow drawn firmly at you. Mark Willett takes a step away. <laughs> Fair. Like a, like a hunter stalking prey slowly begins to prowl towards you. What is your name? My name is Hector. Hector, that is all? Hector Dragonsbane. She begins slowly stalking around you. Why have you come here, Hector Dragonsbane? Because I had a reading that I would find people that would help me in my quest if I help them in this. What is your quest? To get a friend her father back. This friend and their father, I see they live in a faraway land. That is correct, yes. To leave this place, one must be ready to face Strahd. Do you know this? That is what I've been told, yes. My people faced Strahd not long ago. Do you know what happened to us? I've recently heard. She's kind of like moved so that she's behind you now. How do you feel about this, Hector Dragonsbane? Well, I'm deeply sorry. It is a tragedy, a great one. She begins, you can see her in the periphery of your left side now, as mm. she begins to completely circumnavigate you. As you, and as you, as she comes into your left-eyed periphery, you spot for the first time she's standing in such a way that you can see just ever so slightly a bump on her chest. Facing Strahd is a dangerous prospect. Few survive. Even fewer prevail, even in the smallest of tasks. I've heard that the, the uprising did not go as well as it could have. I will help you, Hector. Dragon's Bane. Strahd Bane. In exchange, I want your help. Anything you'd like. Destroying the monster that did this to my people. I want your help. She lowers her bow. Killing... Pip Mandarin. <laughs> I do not know if I can help you kill Pip Mandarin, but I do know where he is. Yes, 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 yes! They're gonna tear me, tear me a fucking, tear me to bits. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, fellow adventurer. If you're picking up what we're putting down and want more D&D content, we have just what you need to scratch that itch. D&D is for Nerds Plus, the symbol, not the word, where you can listen to select campaigns that were once only available to Sans Pants Plus members. The further adventures of the Grey Hill Free Company if you want shorter campaigns with beautiful guests, and D&D is for Nerds, not Ognot, where all our non-canon D&D adventures go to rest. Just search for D&D is for Nerds on your favorite podcast app of choice and join us on this epic quest of D&D podcast discovery. <laughs>